Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. It's your favorite data nerds back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine, Chief Economist here at the California Association of Realtors, and I'm joined by my good friend and partner in crime, Oscar Way, our Deputy Chief Economist. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan, how are you? How's everyone? It's going good, and we've got a lot to cover because there's been a lot of developments on the macro front that, of course, play into what we're seeing in the housing market with rates that have um, you know, kind of leveled off recently, but there's a lot of just chatter about what's going on with the macro economy and whether we're headed for a recession or not. And then, of course, it seems like construction is finally starting to respond to this this kind of surge in demand or the fact that demand hasn't really died off despite these higher rates. But of course, I think the biggest headline grabber since we last chatted is the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been uh, speculating, had been speculating on, you know, what the Federal Reserve will do, you know, whether they were going to do another rate hike or not. But of course, uh, you know, recent data show show us that, you know, maybe uh, they'll put, you know, the uh, things on pause, at least for the moment. And they did for June. Um, you know, and it's widely speculated that, that that's probably the decision that they'll make. Um, and in June, you know, they uh, came out with an announcement saying that, okay, well, let's let's pause it for, you know, at least uh, June. But they did come out with an announcement saying that, hey, you know, before the end of the year, we'll most likely will raise rates another 50 basis point or so. Right, which was interesting. I mean, that's higher, actually, than what the original target range was, if you look at the dot plot coming out of the previous meeting. Um, so even though they did nothing this time, and and actually, I think we should probably take a minute for a shameless self-promotion, because this is episode 107. And I think if you go back to episode 106 of the podcast, we actually nailed it, right? We said that right. the chances were they were going to do nothing. And so we were at least vindicated on that but but it you know it doesn't necessarily mean that their their tightening cycle is over and said they might even do 50 more basis points which is actually more aggressive um than where they they had been but i do think it's significant right and and noteworthy that they haven't you know not raised rates since they started doing this back you know last year and and even though they you know might end up being more aggressive than they originally um, thought it, it it does kind of show that they're getting towards the end of the cycle. And of course, the the inflation numbers are kind of backing that up where we had more consistent progress, even in the most recent data for May. Yeah. And, and to reiterate, to reiterate what you said, you know, about last time, we did also mention that even though they may pause, um, it is possible that uh, interest rates may stay elevated. Right. <laughs> we're right awesome yeah. now here's the here's the, the cash though despite the fact that you know they said okay well before the end of the year we probably will you know raise rates by another 50 basis point they did you know give us a, a glimpse of hope about next year in 2024 saying that you know rates probably would will fall maybe by about 100 basis point now rates meaning you know fed funds rate now, i'm not saying right. that you know mortgage rates but you know they're, they they provide some encouraging news that um, maybe inflation will fall next year and they probably will adjust rates by about 100 basis point in 2024. 
Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things when you look at the CPI is even though the headline number came down, the core inflation was still relatively high. And when you look at the labor markets, they're still pretty, um, you know, tight and, and the labor market's strong. We continue to add jobs. We had some upward revisions to the jobs data. And even though I think gas prices was one of the big things that factored into the headline CPI, that that core basket of goods, I guess, is still running strong. So I'm not optimistic for a 5% mortgage rate by the end of the year, but what does this mean for the macro economy, right? Because it does mean even if we don't see those rates come down until next year, um, you know, we're going to be in a relatively high or at least a higher rate environment than what we had been the previous couple of years. And, and you know, for, for mortgage rates, that's probably like high sixes, 7% mortgage rates moving forward. Does that you know, what What do people say about what that means for, for a recession? It's kind of mostly priced in as that takeaway that I got from a lot of the, the odds makers and things like that, probability of recession and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, and, and we made, you know, similar you know, uh, predictions late, like maybe six months ago, about nine months ago, we said, you know, something like, okay, well, we'll probably will see a recession in 2023, but we made some adjustment with, along with other economists as well, you know, the high interest rates or, you know, the Fed keeping rates at a high level uh, as a suggestion that, hey, the economy is actually doing a little bit better compared to what we thought eight, uh, six or nine months ago. But at the same time, we also have been seeing, let's say, retail sales. Uh, we're seeing people maybe not spending as much as you know they used to about six or nine months ago. So we're definitely seeing some slowing. But maybe, and just maybe, we could see a little bit of a soft landing, um, like what uh, the Fed was hoping for initially. Uh, but I think most economists still think there's a chance that we will lead, to, we will see a recession, but maybe not until the fourth quarter of this year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think again, when you look at some of the. Uh the expectations in the marketplace, right? They're already basically expecting a, a 525 basis point Fed funds rate and th things like that. But, you know, it it's interesting that the rest of the world is still very much kind of in go mode on the rest, right. of, you know, on the inflation struggle, because we had um, central banks in Europe and in Canada actually still raising rates. And it looks like Germany is already in a recession. Yeah, yeah. And and you said it earlier, you know, you mentioned uh, you know, in the US CPI seems like, you know, it's 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 slowing down, but it's still somewhat elevated for the core inflation. Just as a look at UK, UK inflation rate is still stuck at, you know, eight point seven percent. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, in Europe, you know, they have to uh, you know, continue to put upward pressure on on their policy rates. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, even just looking at the dot plot from the feds, right, their um, kind of target Fed funds rate is 50 basis points higher than it was even coming out of the March meeting, which was just a few months ago. And actually, inflation's continued to get better. But I think it just speaks to the stickiness of, of you know, the kind of price levels. And again, a big piece of this, I think, is is labor market driven. But I do think that this increase in cost, the increase in uncertainty is causing businesses to lose confidence, even though we're still in a labor market shortage, the shortage has shrunk. Um, and, and I think, you know, we should expect probably a little bit less 
business investment. I think that's compounded, obviously, by the challenges with commercial real estate and work from home and the fact that a right. lot of these, you know, commercial debts resetting and and you kind of are starting to see that when you look out at the the kind of business um, data, right? On on what business forward-looking plans are, what revenues and profits are looking like right now, right? Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, from the consumers, uh, you know, if we look at consumer spending, it seems like, you know, consumers are still spending. But of course, business leaders also are, you know, paying attention at, you know, some of the activities that that consumers are doing. Of course, they're not using their saving as much. They don't have as much saving to use. So business leaders are actually planning ahead. And that actually could, as we mentioned before, that actually could potentially lead to, you know, some um, layoffs, maybe, you know, some less business activities in Europe. As you mentioned, Germany, you know, we're already seeing some slowdown, maybe even slower than what we are seeing, you know, in another part of the country. And that could actually potentially lead to, you know, some some drop off and, um, you know, in economic activity. Now, of course, in the U.S., you know, we see some ups and downs. We see some bounce back in retail sales yep. and things like that. Um, and it's still very early to determine, you know, whether things are actually going to be, you know, a soft lending or not. But it does look like, you know, we, we, we could see maybe a little bit longer activities in the U.S., but I do expect, you know, uh, a slowdown uh, in the economy. Yeah, I think, you know, we should still, whether we meet the technical definition of a recession or not, I think, you know, it it's realistic to expect the economy to be slower than it has been up to this point. Now, I was admittedly surprised by the May retail sales number because, you know, not only did spending go up in nominal terms, which it's been eking out modest gains in nominal spending for a while, but if you look at it in real terms after taking out the inflation, I think last month was the first time we actually saw a real gain uh, in quite a while. And, and again, when you look at consumers, to me, that's the biggest risk I think that we have because, as you mentioned, savings have been burned off credit mm -hmm. card debt, although not growing as fast as it was late last year, the debt levels themselves are still high and growing by double digits. And I think, again, there's a it's reasonable to expect that consumers are going to lose some momentum, especially as the kind of labor market, you know, doesn't reverse course, but maybe won't be quite as hot as it has been up to this point. We know specific sectors like tech and things like that. We've already started to see the layoff right. hit, even though it's not showing up in the aggregate data. Yeah, at the same time, you know, we, we've talked about this also about, you know, it looks like, you know, things are doing a little bit better with, um, you know, uh, builders, developers, and that might be the reason why we're seeing retail sales actually inched up, you know, in, in May, because we're seeing some, you know, gains or uh, increase in activities in the building materials. We also have been seeing, you know, motor vehicle sales uh, inched up a little bit in May. Now, whether that is going to continue to last, it's really hard to say. But if you look at, you know, what, uh, you know, some of the economists like UCLA uh, right. projected that, you know, we we could, we may or may not have. Re now, here's the funny thing. You know, we have been going back and forth of whether we're going to have a recessions or not. And I just want to tell the audience that we're not the only one. UCLA yeah. actually put out. You know, instead of giving us a straight answer, they decided to just say, hey, there might be a recession. There may not be. But here's a scenario. Yes, exactly. We're back into the world where where the level of uncertainty means forecasters are presenting scenarios instead of forecasts now. And we're in that, you know, we're guilty of that as well. But I think, again, it's kind of less 
important whether we meet that technical definition. And I think the mm-hmm. bottom line is that growth is going to slow, right? Whether it's right, two right, right. quarters of GDP and we see a dramatic increase in unemployment or not, I think that the labor markets won't be as red hot as they have been up to this point and spending won't be as strong as it has been up to this point. But, you know, again, I think when you look at at what the expectation is, even with the Fed being slightly more aggressive coming out of the June meeting, most of that is still pretty much priced in. If you look at the UCLA forecast, I think they said even if we get to a you know 575 basis point Fed funds rate, which would be the full um, 50 basis points from where we are now, right? Like two more uh, increases, they you know have kind of accounted for that and still see no recession. Even in that case, it's not unless they go up you know, another 100 basis points or so that they think that would actually drive us into a recession. Yeah, that's very true. But of course, at the same time, you know, if we actually, the fact that we may be inching up 50 basis point and maybe even higher, uh, that actually has some direct impact on the housing market because interest rates right now is what somewhere around 6.7, 6.8%, depending on which you what you look at. I think the Freddie Max number came in at around 6.67 or so. And that's right. keeping the housing market from... Um, really, you know, uh, gearing up for it, it's its home buying season because we typically during this time of the year, we should see, you know, a lot more of, of, of uh, activities. And of course, uh, prices have been rising a little bit, but uh, at the same time, you know, tight supply hacks, we have been uh, keeping us from sort of booming uh, in terms of activity. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is, is even with rates relatively high, the housing market, and I think, again, a testament to just how much demand was out there, you know, before rates started to go up and how much still exists today is, you know, sales actually went up in May by quite a bit, right? We're at almost 290,000 units. I think that's our highest pace that we've seen in several months. And I think that the increase just from where we were in April was 10% or, or even a little bit better. Yeah, I think we're seeing some improvement and, and that's great because of, I think what happened was uh, back in April, maybe um, mid of April or so, we did hit some, you know, low point in interest rates. And you can see, you know, that uh, house home buyers are definitely more sensitive to interest rate now. You know, when they see an opportunity, they jump in and that's, you know, pushing up, you know, sales in May a little bit. Uh, and uh, same for prices. Prices also right. have been pushed up, partly because of you know the tight supply that we have been seeing for how long, like years, yeah. um, but especially tight, you know, in the last you know couple months or so. And I think that's again the limiting factor out there, right? Even though rates at six and a half or seven percent are much higher than they were a few years ago, and that um, if you just do the math on that, it it you know is a big hit to purchasing power. Like folks just can't qualify for as much loan. And some folks at the margin there may have been priced out of the market, but even with those folks kind of falling by the wayside, there's still way more demand than there is, you know, housing supply. And I think the median price has been above 800,000 for three mm-hmm. months in a row, I think. Right. Um, again, rose, you know, in I think four out of the last five months, something like that. So I'm like, the stories that you see in the headlines. And if you do that comparison, you know, we're still about six and a half percent below where we were at this time last year. But that kind of year to year comparison or comparing us to those all time high levels from last summer before rates had really ramped all the way up 
I think is is missing the the picture that prices are actually going up. The market's getting more competitive, and again, I think that comes down to to the tight to the tight supply because un, unsold inventory is still low. Active listings are still depressed, and actually, we've seen the number of homes that are getting put onto the market start to reverse course and go down again in the last couple of weeks. And and I think you know if if you take all that stuff together, it it point it paints a little bit different picture than the one where you're just doing the comparisons to last year where both sales and prices are still down. Yeah, I think you know the fact that you know we are we are of course still in the home buying season and we still have a lot of people we mentioned earlier about you know the economy actually is doing okay. Uh we still have you know buyers demand, we still have people who want to buy a home. The the tight supply situation really is you know, tightening up the sales and costing uh leading to sales not being able to you know, get over that three hundred thousand hump. Um but we're still seeing, you know, a lot of people you know, as far as competitiveness is concerned, we are still back to I think forty to fifty percent of people offering uh, a price above asking price, uh, which is actually very good. Of course, it's not back to the seventy percent that that was somewhat abnormal and not right. very healthy. You know, but back to forty fifty percent that's actually you know a very competitive market, um, and the fact that interest rates remain at a high level, we probably won't see, you know, a lot of supply coming onto the market very, very soon. Um, and, you know, we have seen some reports about maybe foreclosures. We might have seen, you know, maybe we have a little bit more foreclosures, but again, you know, we are very different compared to what, 15 years ago. So foreclosure activity, despite the fact that it, will, it may continue to rise, it probably won't, you know, put us into a situation uh, where we will see a lot of supply. Yeah, I kind of chuckle every time I see these headlines, you know, and we saw one last week that said foreclosures were up by double digits um, on a year to year basis, like 15%. But keep in mind, we've been doing minimal foreclosures when rates were so low and most of those homeowners have been putting money down this cycle and high credit score, et cetera, et cetera. And so even though it's up 10%, it's up 10% from a very low number. And we're kind of in that that situation where, you know, if I have a dollar and you give me another dollar, uh, <laughs> I just got a hundred percent raise, but I've still only got two bucks. And I still very much right. think that's the case with foreclosures. You know, it's like one in 4,000 homes is in foreclosure or something like that. I think the delinquency rate here in California is like 2.1%, meaning 98% roughly of all mortgages are being paid on time is this, I mean, you hate to dismiss or minimize the, you know, you don't want to see anybody um, foreclose, but when it, you know, just kind of in terms of what it means for the market at large and whether, you know, it's the cure-all for our inventory shortage as distressed units start flooding into the market or whether it's going to start bringing prices down. I mean, how, how worried should we be about these kind of news reports <laughs> that show a 14% increase in foreclosures? Well, if you just look at you know the state of California, just uh, you know, the 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 numbers are very different. You know the the recent month, you know we have what two thousand and five hundred foreclosures starts. Mm-hmm. Back in the first quarter of two thousand nine, at the peak, we had one hundred thirty five thousand. Right. So that's a significant difference, you know, between yeah, the two. And that's kind of what I meant by my little tongue in cheek, you know, comment. It's like we're up you know, double digits, but that's to barely any foreclosures, not, you know, um, kind of the 60% 
of the MLS as distressed inventory the way that we were back in 2008, 9, and 10. And again, when you think about how likely it is these folks are going to foreclose, they're current on their mortgages, right? The other remaining Mm -hmm. 80, 98%, they have home equity, which even with the price declines, I think home equity is still near an all-time high, both in terms of actual dollars sitting in the home and also the percentage of homeowners out there with um, home equity and and of course we're we're still seeing the market you know go back up in terms of sales and prices and competitiveness and time to sell and all of that stuff and and so for me I just don't see um, the potential for 135,000 foreclosures in a month the way that we did back in 2009. Yeah, I mean we 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 dropped maybe about you know six percent seven percent I think. Uh, from the peak, we might have dropped in price by about, you know, 15, 20%. But remember right. what happened in 2020, 2020, 2021, and 2022, you know, home prices have increased quite significantly. And those who bought, purchased in 2020 and 2021, they're still in a very good shape. Now, you know, I think if we, if we are going to have a, you know, a significant drop in, uh, you know, economic activity. If we are going to have a, you know, really bad recessions, that's maybe a different story. But we already mentioned earlier in this podcast that, you know, we may see a soft landing, maybe even, you know, if even if we see a recessions, it will be very mild. So most likely, uh, we won't see a lot of foreclosure activities. So that's at the same time, we're not going to see a lot of supply. But what about, you know, uh, your new homes being built. Are we we have been seeing news about you know increase in housing starts. You know we're seeing gaining in momentum in residential constructions. What's going on with uh, with that area? Yeah, it's actually interesting, and and I think kind of corroborates this idea that maybe we won't see um, a big foreclosure crisis because builders are responding to this excess demand that's still out there even at today's you know higher rates. I got an article from our our past president Otto Katrina the other day from Axios that talked about mm-hmm. how housing is actually um, you know potentially starting to be an economic tailwind right now to offset some of the softness on the consumer side, and we saw that you know not just existing home sales, which we report on being up, but new home sales were up as well. And that has finally led to some real honest to goodness growth in residential construction, which rose, um, you know, not just on a month to month basis with that kind of normal seasonal pattern, but is actually up 15% so far this year. Yeah. And well, you know, and, and, on a year-over-year basis, I think it's increasing. Month to month, it's increasing. You know, because they see developers see an opportunity. They 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 realize just like what we have been noticing, that things are actually not doing. You know, the supply has not been doing. You know, as well uh, in the existing home market. But they can see that there is demand. There is quite a bit of demand. Um, and I think for developers, builders, they also have that you know flexibility of maybe uh, buying down a little bit in terms of interest rate for some buyers who are interested in and offer those incentives. Yeah, right. And then so you know we're seeing you know improvement in permits and in, in improvement in housing starts. Those are actually doing very well. They see an opportunity, um, and uh, of course I think the most increase or in uh, maybe in the southern uh, regions, uh, maybe and yeah. uh, other part of regions, the west is still a little weak. I think it has something to do with maybe zoning and of course costs of um, costs is a little bit high in terms of the land. But I think like, at least you know we're seeing at a national level that things are actually sort of picking up. 
Yeah, and that's kind of the caveat, right? Is this is great for the kind of broad macro economy. We would just love to see more of those units happen here in California in particular. Of course, I think, you know, we've got to start trying to build our way out of this housing shortage. There's really, you know, just the kind of basics of Econ 101. Our population is still very large, even though it's been um, shrinking of late, right? And we just have not kept pace with with housing construction, and that is really kind of lays at at the the epicenter of this kind of affordability crisis that we still find ourselves in. And and you know, people want to buy. It's really interesting, and we see that consistently even in our survey research, right? That um, home ownership is still synonymous with the American dream, but the amount of cities in California that are now um, majority renter and and the gap that we run in home ownership with the rest of the United States, I think, explains a lot of the out migration that we see from the state. The kind of delaying of of having kids and getting married and doing all of that stuff because it's just harder and harder to get your financial financial house in order. And that's before we even talk about student loans and right. uh, you know challenging and prohibitive for savings. And all of that stuff. And so it's great to see these housing starts come around. Um, we just hope that some of that eventually lands here in California. That's a big part of our public policy agenda at CAR. And, and we know that realtors do best when more people can afford to buy and own uh, their own homes. But hopefully, as rates come down next year, that will alleviate some of this lock-in effect. And we'll see the kind of inventory numbers maybe not go back to a six-month level, um, which has been normal, you know, historically, but at least getting up to three, four months of supply would I make know. a difference in terms of the number of transactions, because you've got a lot of buyers out there that, you know, still want to jump in even at six and a half, seven percent rates, and they just don't have the homes um, to buy. So absolutely. And I think, you know, many people um, they're they, they they settle with the fact that, you know, we may not go back to three percent. Um, sometime, you know, when it gets to 6%, they see an opportunity, they see a, a, a home that they really like, they jump in it, you know, as, uh, as, uh, as long as they can afford to do so. Now, we still have a very fundamentally economic, uh, the economic condition is still fundamentally okay, sound, right now, right. at least. Um, and uh, so that's why we're not seeing, you know, people pull out of, you know, the market significantly. It's mainly because of the tight supply situation. So what's um, your I guess? I know we didn't plan for this, but where do you think that that kind of lock in effect starts to get unlocked? For me, I think, you know, we got to see rates get down below six, like in that five and a half, six percent range before folks, I think, will be more willing to eat that difference between their low current mortgage and and, you know, stepping into a new home. I think it's, you know, people will do it. It's palatable, but they just don't want to, you know, have a rate that's twice as high. You think it's like five and a half or where's that magic number before we start to see the inventory come back around? I think it's more like five and a half or five point seven five. You know, if we if we inch down to you know to closer to six percent, which now you and I don't think it's a reality in the next few weeks or so, but I believe you know a Mortgage Bank Association did make a uh, prediction that say, saying that you know there's possibility that at the end of the year we could see a ninety percent ninety basis point decline. Um, it's really it's still hard for me to think that that is going to happen. But hey, Mortgage Bank Association has been doing this for a while, so they might have a reason uh, to predict that. And if we did get to close to six, I think we probably will see a little bit more, just a little bit more supply. Maybe when we get to five and a half, five seven five, 
I think that could be the magic number. Yeah. Although what that's going to do is actually drive more buyers into the market too. So it might be a wash in terms of the net effect on inventory, right? You might have more sellers that are uh, willing to put their homes on the market, but then you're going to have more buyers trying to rush in sure. and take advantage of 5.75. So we don't end up with more inventory. The one thing that will give us though, is at least more transactions and hopefully a higher right. uh, number of homeowners out there getting their foot on the property ladder. So I think we just need to get the uh, the motor running a little bit, you know, Maybe yeah. to start slow, but hopefully, yeah, we'll kind of uh, get things speed up a little bit more. And of course, you know, housing starts that of, of course, home builders can build more, but of course, we need a lot of help from the government as well. Yeah. And I think the other thing is you got a lot of folks with wealth tied up in home equity right now and the, the home equity loans and HELOCs are no picnic in terms of interest rate. And so I think, you know, even though nobody wants to go up to a 6% mortgage, they really don't want a 10%. HELOC. And so as folks maybe want to start tapping that that equity to pay down debt or do other stuff, then that might motivate them to move too. So I think there's reasons to be cautiously optimistic about inventory getting at least a little bit better next year. So, But we'll keep that um, very closely monitored and reported on on a frequent basis because, again, I think that's driving the show. Is there anything else we should talk about before we wrap episode 107? I think we covered pretty much everything, but of course, you know, the uh, economy and the market changes every day, every, you know, hours or so. Uh, and uh, when we see anything new, we will definitely let you know either via the podcast or, you know, just want to uh, plug it again. We also have our short video on a very regular basis and, of course, our market minutes. Yep. We got a market minute that goes up every Monday on our website and it gives a rundown of the latest macro news. So if you miss us in between podcasts and those real quicks that we post both on Instagram uh, and Facebook are, are good little quick short rundowns of just whatever's happened in the most recent data. So we uh, look forward to keeping you all updated. We so appreciate your time and uh, we will see you on the next one. See you next time.